Jesus. Amen. This is what you're supposed to do. You see the flashing yellow light and the late model full-size black sedan underneath. And then almost at the same time, you see just behind that car the meticulously washed and carefully driven hearse. And then the long line, single file length of cars, the quality and quantity of that length of cars varies widely, dependent on so many factors. But they're always hurrying, trying to keep up with the hearse, trying not to get cut off from the leader, hoping to get through the intersection without being T-boned by an inattentive or ill-mannered driver. And this is what you're supposed to do. You yield. You show deference. You do your small part to honor the deceased and show sympathy for the grieving. And so you sit patiently through the green light while the procession rushes by and in some parts of the country you even pull over to the side of the road and let the procession pass in peace paying your respects by staying out of the way by yielding the right of way to the funeral group that's what you're supposed to do and I'm sure Jesus knew what he was supposed to do when a funeral procession went by. I'm sure that he had been taught how to act when in the presence of a group of mourners en route to a cemetery. He had learned the polite things to say and the best ways to show humble submission and respect to the deceased. He knew what he was supposed to do, which is what makes what he did so remarkable. I think that this is one of the most compelling images in, in all of the gospel narratives. Jesus is riding at the crest of his popularity. He's heading into this little town called Nain with his disciples and with a great crowd and meanwhile, another sizable group is heading in the opposite direction. In the center of their attention, a corpse. A lifeless body of a widow's son. Her only begotten son is what Luke tells us. And at the city gate, it happens. Suddenly, the two groups, they collide the two processions come face to face. I can, I can visualize the disciples quickly heading for the shoulder, getting out of the way, bowing their heads in respect, maybe trying to sneak a peek at who is on the bier being processed out to be buried. But not Jesus. No, Jesus refuses to yield. He will not give an inch to this funeral procession. He will not defer. In fact, he makes the mourners yield. He reaches out and stops them in their tracks. Stops their procession. Bringing 
the whole thing to a crashing halt. And you've got to wonder what the people of Nain were thinking. Two processions, two semi-organized groups of people, now both stalled, halted, their respective centers crowded around, smashed together. They surround a corpse and Jesus. We don't have to wonder about what it all means. We don't have to guess at motives or purposes. This time, we don't have to think about or pretend to know what Jesus is thinking. When the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her. Compassion. It's all about compassion. Jesus sees the widow burying her only begotten son, and he has compassion. This we understand. This we expect of our Lord. But his display of and manner of compassion isn't so easily grasped. Jesus is surprisingly stingy with his words. The widow gets two. Don't cry. Not particularly compassionate. I mean, try saying that at a funeral home. The, cor the corpse gets just four in the Greek, eight in English. Young man, I say to you, get up. And of course, the young man does what he's told. For Jesus, compassion is not words. It's not feelings of sympathy. It's not hugs of understanding. It's not being there for the other person. For Jesus, compassion, compassion is action. For Jesus, he does not defer. He does not yield. And he does not offer the widow insight into the meaning of death. Or show compassion by telling her some nonsense about how her son is better off now. Or about her little boy now taking care of her from heaven. No. Jesus doesn't do that. He does compassion. Real compassion. He undoes death. He doesn't give the woman empty words or gestures. Jesus gives the widow her son. He puts the boy back where he belongs. That's compassion. The gate of the city becomes a gate of grace. Jesus meets death and undoes it. The widow now has her son, and the funeral procession has nothing. It unravels. It falls apart. No corpse. No funeral. No procession. Suddenly, the group coming out of the city has become a parade without a purpose. The two processions then coalesce into one, and Jesus is there at the center. The one who did not defer to death. Who did not yield to the funeral. Not this time, at least. 
He eventually did, some two years later. But it's still the same thing. It's still all about compassion, that issues in action. This time, later, again, words are few. Again, it's an only begotten son that is mourned and grieved. Again, the tragedy unfolds just outside the city gate. And again, a procession centered around death emerges from the city. And again, Jesus confronts death face to face. And death wins. And then, death loses. Compassion that issues in action. Compassion that will not let death have the last word. Compassion that puts things back where they belong. Compassion that will not allow the funeral procession to continue. Compassion that leaves the mourners with no corpse to mourn. That's the reality of name. That's the reality of Calvary. And that's what happens at the gate of grace. That's what happens here, today. Did you see the funeral procession this morning? It formed bit by bit, trickling in, moving forward with a purpose. Came right through those doors back there. A sizable procession, young people, old people, Infants, even. They all came as part of the procession. Men, women, committed workers, family members, dedicated servants. They all poured in here. All participating. All players in the funeral procession. And each one came in carrying death. You, you came in too. What dead thing did you bring here today? A marriage that has died with or without the formality of divorce? Did you bring in the rotting mass of lust? A fleshly desire that grabs you and sometimes takes over so completely that it shocks even you? What dead thing did you bring today? Did you carry in with you the reeking remains of drunkenness? Claim to be in control, but the reality speaks the truth of death. Did fear come with you in the procession? A fear that cripples you and drives you into isolation, unwilling to use the gifts that you've been given. What dead thing did you bring in here today? Perhaps it was the stiff corpse of pride and arrogance that blocks your view from the needs of others, the ideas of others, the very identity of anyone but yourself. Or maybe you shoulder the 
death of disease as you came in. Suffering has become your lot, and the stench of death already hangs heavy upon you. Or maybe the dead thing that you brought along with you this morning was the corruption of guilt. Horrendous past choices that plague you still today. You know. You know the death that you carried in here this morning. You know the corpse. You know the reality of the dead thing that drags you down and smothers you. Threatens even to kill you. You know why you were shuffling along with everybody else in the funeral procession. But this is where it ends. This is where you can go no further with that corpse. Because this is where you meet Jesus. This is where he reaches out and he stops the procession. He finds you and sees the terrible wages of death in your life and is moved with compassion for you. Here Jesus puts his compassion into action. No saccharine platitudes, no philosophic nonsense, no silliness about adjusting your perspective. No. Here, in this place, today, Christ stops the procession. And he takes that dead thing you carried in here and puts it on himself. Here he finds it and he condemns it. And he brings you out of the parade of death. He knows exactly what it is that puts you in the death parade. And he takes it from you. The sin, the fear, the regret, the guilt, the grief. He takes it from you. And you can't have it back. He does not yield to death. He stops it. He defeats it. That's what happens here in this place. This rail is your gate of grace. You came in here as part of a funeral procession. Don't stay in it. Don't stay wrapped in death. Don't yield to the dead thing that causes harm in your life and weighs you down. Instead, join the procession to the altar. Meet Jesus here. Receive his compassion here. Give up your dead thing here. Bring it here to the gate of grace and be amazed at what the Lord has done for you. Jesus confronts your dead thing and he takes it from you. You carried the foul burden. Well, now it's gone. You've lost your place in the funeral procession. There's no corpse. No funeral. No procession. And now your place is in Jesus. It's 
in the festival procession. It's where you've always belonged. In his compassion, Jesus does it for you. He puts you back where you belong. Back with him. With his father. With his enormous family of brothers and sisters, all newly restored. He puts you into your rightful place. Walking with fellow saints. Striding forward in the march of life. Get out of the funeral procession. The dead thing is gone. Do not yield to death. Take your place in the festival procession. A procession of life. The procession of Jesus. The peace of God which passes all understanding. Guard and keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.